All right, so since I don't even know when, what year, Ennis, do you know what year we started podcasting together? Like when we started to do shows together? I'm horrible at this. I'm horrible, I know, I'm so bad horrible, at it too. horrible at this. I, I, <sighs> I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It could be 1927 for all I yeah. know. I have no <laughs> idea. My wife is so good. At, like I'm horrible, horrible. I know... Uh, let's see. I started at the fan in in 2002. Does that help you? Um, not really. Not like a ton, to be honest. <laughs> like it doesn't doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. Here's here's how I frame my life: is I have no idea when anything happened. Like during the pandemic, essentially, I always have to go. Okay, that was during the pandemic, right? And I can kind of remember two summers where you were allowed to be outside but not inside, and. And I, I, I mush all those together. I remember the 2019 Raptors run. Like, that's my point of reference for life, yeah, right? It's like I go... One. And then 2015, okay. the Blue Jays made yes. the playoffs for the first time. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. but that's... 2004, but, the Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah, that's how okay. I do it. No, but, the, but, okay, this actually is proof positive that I need the Toronto sports teams to be good. My sports yeah. teams to be good. Because if they're not... Then I have no point of reference for anything, and I'm just stumbling through my past aimlessly going, what, what, when was that? I have no idea. I remember this. I remember the summer of 2015 vividly. I can tell you stories of the summer of 2015. Yeah. If someone was like, if I had to go to court, right, and they said, yeah. summer of 2015, this day, I would go, you know what? I could actually pull up some details from this day. If they went summer of 2017, when the Blue Jays stripped the team down, and I would go yeah. to the Rogers Center, and there was no... But I'm only even re- able to remember it was the summer of 2017 because I went, oh, right, and then they were bad, right? Kendry's came yeah. to town, and you, you Walker, and Sam McKee told me that I wasn't allowed to cheer for Kendry's Morales because I didn't think it was a good move to get him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was, and, uh, uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, I've, I've actually got another solution for you. I mean, yeah, ideally what, a Toronto what sports team wins a championship. Yeah. And, and that That's allows sweet. us to just to, to, to they don't have to win a like, championship just to have a memorable but, playoff run, you know? Like sure, just that. yeah, you're right because yeah, that's the bar outside of 2019 in the city. No, the other yeah. thing, you could have a kid because that it does no. do it for me. Like, hey, yeah. I remember. Well, I mean, it's it's tough because my first kid was born in 2015. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, way to go, idiot. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, but the like, second one, 2018. Nothing yeah. memorable happened in 2018 other no, than nothing. My my kid was born, so yeah. I I remember that, and I could have gone to the Masters, but didn't because you know he had right. to be born in April. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. So that's your memories of 2018. My kid was born, and yeah. I didn't go to the Masters. Something you didn't right. do is that's your right. big memory from 2018. Uh, my memory from that year, actually, we can kind of do this now, okay? We've we've sort of put the puzzle together here because we got our first show together when you found out you were pre- your wife was pregnant with your second kid. Yes, okay, so that's 20... I went to the Masters for the first time in 2017. To, okay. Well, I didn't see Sergio Garcia win, but I saw him play on the yeah. Friday of the so 2017 Masters. So you and I, we, we, we did this, <laughs> we started this in 2017, which is wild this to is think sad. about. This is sad. Like, I'm actually... Like, there's no other way to frame my life than other than no, I know. through the sports prism. Buddy... It's, it's okay. Welcome. You know, like, I've already known this about myself, and I'm yeah. sorry to be involving you in this. But yeah. I remember because you and I were heading to a pub shortly after 
I got the news that I was going to be your co-host, right? I got offered a right. job in Vancouver. I turned it down. You and I kept talking. We really wanted to do the show. Yeah. yeah, we really wanted to do a pod. We really wanted to do a show together. We had a vision for the show, but the former program director was very like really behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, he was pretty pushbacky. He tried out a lot of people that, let's just say, you were not as uh, stoked on doing a show with as you were doing yeah. it with me. But, yeah, I don't. I think but, the listeners are getting. The, the first peek behind this curtain. You've never told this story on the yeah. air, have you? I don't know. Probably not, but who cares? This is good hour. This is, dude, this is for the diehards, all right? This is okay. for the people who love good show. This is for the day ones. This is for the people who have left the five-star reviews, who subscribe to the pod, who get stoked for this part of the thing, right? So you and I, uh, it happens. It finally happens after I turned down a job with no security, that no promise of uh, yeah. being an on-air host. Pretty risky Across move by the me. Continent. Yeah, yeah, it was far away. It's definitely, and yeah, I would have had to, yeah, do, yeah, be around people I didn't want to be around. Uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, we get it, and you and I decide to go celebrate at a pub. And we're stoked on this, and we go, and two memorable things happened that day. One is Andrew Walker yelled at Mark Messier. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah. I mean, one he, of the top five funniest moments in my entire life, I think. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to die. I, don't, I still don't think it's funny because where I was seated, Messier looked at me. And I'll never forget just just the the feeling of I'm so sorry for what oh has just happened here. You have to yeah. tell the story, right? Well, yeah, Mark Mark Messier, who was wearing a leather jacket in the summertime, <laughs> and yeah, looking cool, very cool, and very jacked. And this is a man who you know dated Madonna in his prime and in her prime. Uh, very cool guy, uh, leader among men, amazing captain, hockey legend, every kind of legend. He's standing at the bar, and for whatever reason, Andrew Walker just drunkenly leaned over and started no. yelling, Moose, oh, okay. Moose, You're Moose. You're telling it all wrong. No, because well, okay. you pointed out, you obviously, like, yeah. Mark Messier oh, is, Messier. is yeah. unmistakable. It's Mark Messier, and you're like, oh, look, there's Mark Messier. And Andrew Walker, assuming you just meant it's a guy that looks like Mark Messier, yelled Mark Messier at the guy like as if he was making fun of the guy that looks like Mark Messier and we're like no that's actually Mark Messier oh. he didn't think it was actually Mark Messier but he wasn't yelling Messier he was yelling moose moose yes, like they exactly. were friends yeah. like yes. they were good pals and Messier looked over with the look of someone who smelled hot he opened up a, an apartment door with a corpse in it for months <laughs> like you know just complete stink face and i met eyes i locked eyes with that stink face and i felt bad about myself and that the company yeah. that i kept but the other thing that happened that day is you told me that you revealed to me that you were having a second child and you yeah. said and do you remember your confidence at the time yeah, I mean, the second one's easy. Once you get one yeah. out of the way, they basically raise each other. So you just, yeah, you know. that was basically the line you fed, <laughs> to which, yeah, it was, didn't turn out that way. It turns out that the second yeah. kid is way, well, way, way, way harder. Especially, yeah, listen, I love both my kids. Second kid, is uh, he, he needs a little more hands-on attention than the first, I would say. Yeah. Second yeah. kid, more likely to to be the, the cause of tears, to be the cause of tears. <laughs> he, he is the, like, yeah. the, yeah. He's the Dude, creator he creates, of chaos. Yeah, he's a, he's a tier creator and also a tier 
maker. You know, like yeah. he's yeah. He's, oh yeah, he's, yeah. That's right. He's a wild card. He'll do. He's like he'll I'll fill this non-tier void with my own <laughs> yeah. tears if I have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not making somebody cry, I'll do the crying. Okay. <laughs> somebody will cry today. Should be his <laughs> credo. Right. Every day he wakes up <laughs> and he heads out into the world. Someone will yeah. cry today. But okay, all this is to say is that. This is the first time since then that we've ever done a broadcast together where I can't see you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm in the car looking yeah. like an idiot with a headset on. People have headsets on uh, while they're driving yeah. cars, but ones that are Not look like, one. you know, yeah. they're discreet. This is like a giant gamer headset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a giant white no, gamer dude. headset. Someone's going to tap on your I window and be like, what Roger are you doing, Center buddy? To see the unveiling. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? Is this your car? <laughs> you can be like, oh, yeah. yeah, vroom, vroom. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. going to be. Are you a playing Modern issue. Warfare in there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a friend that you're playing with? You're like, yeah, my friend. We're doing a talk show together. They're <laughs> like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, I was like, sure you are. <laughs> Psycho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> security's going to come up, probably have to talk to you. But yeah, because we had the pandemic and Zoom happened and everything else was in studio before then. But yeah, you're down at the Rogers Center and you're about to go to. What must be a, a, an elitist, they had to break up the media because there's obviously a lot of people that are still in Kansas City right now. But you're going to get your first look at the, the Renos. They're done. Um, they're ahead of schedule. A Toronto yeah. construction group is ahead of schedule. This should be the number one story in the entire <laughs> we'll city. We'll see. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, actually, you get in there, and there's just a bunch of guys in beaters and hard hats, and they're like, uh, yeah, so you're actually here because we need uh, you to chip in. <laughs> we, need, we need you to help out. So grab a shovel. <laughs> grab one of those signs that says, slow. <laughs> That's what we need you to do. Uh, yeah, so what are you most excited for down there? Because we've seen a million different graphics, right? And so, yeah, you stepping into this, do you have high expectations mm -hmm. for big changes for the park? Because I've gone a little back and forth on it, I'll be honest. So I'm, I'm most excited to see the fence dimensions and, and how the Paul Park is actually going to play for baseball. And, yeah, the, the social spaces, that's cool, and I will certainly be using them. I don't necessarily understand like how each one has its own little kitschy thing like one of them is supposed to be a park one of them is supposed to be like a subway station which again like that's a bad idea to, to try and market something around being at a subway station that's let's let's not do that um and then but yeah like there's one i actually was hearing dan chulman do the promo for yesterday it's like and it's got live music it was like really you go to a baseball game to to listen to live music at a, at a bar like i get it like uh not everybody is totally into the game but like yeah. you are ultimately <laughs> at the ballpark to watch a, a baseball game so i'll be interested to see and i don't know if if they'll have the the live music actually playing i don't know if we'll get to sample the various fare from from each of I think the five social spaces. That's also I. Yeah, I like food, so I would. I'm looking forward to, to trying that if we get to do it. But no, I want to see what 16 feet looks like in right center field, and what it's like a 20 foot high wall. Like, what does that look like? What are the bullpens, elevated bullpens? What does that look like? What about that little cutout in in center field where Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be stealing like five home runs a game? What, what what does that what does that look like? That that's that's the thing I'm most interested in. So this is why I wanted to talk about this with you today because. I want to set our expectations, and then later, after we've both been to the ballpark, uh, you'll be there on hope opening day, obviously, right? You're going to do the show from there? Yeah. 
Yeah, I. Yep. This will be yeah. my first opening day. Well, no, this is gonna be the first one that I missed since 2013, actually, other than COVID, because, yeah, I have Leafs talk afterwards, Leafs. and they play the Lightning. Right. Yeah, so I just I won't be able to yeah, get out of that yeah, one. Yeah, with no nobody's is... lineup in there. Yeah, the second last game of the regular season. Plus, well, oh, at least yeah, you, no, you know, great. you you uh, you won't miss uh, the Raptors playing tournament. They're likely gonna play in that. Uh, the playing tournament on the Wednesday, I guess. But yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, that's that. That is a tradition for you. I, I, I imagine you'll have a Bud Light in uh, in honor of opening. No, day that's anyways. too sad. That's too sad. Like sitting at home watching the Tampa <laughs> Bay Lightning on a second screen, pretending that I care, versus the Jays home opener, one of my favorite days of the entire year. Adding a Bud Light to that mix is way too way too sad. Like that'll put me in a in a like. Leafs talk will start, and it'll just be me staring into the camera, being like, "I hope you're happy." Happy that you get this, <laughs> just belittling the <laughs> listeners of that product as they watch Leafs talk. But no, so um, yeah, I think you and I are looking forward to two very different things because the ballpark dimensions, to me, it, it, weirdly enough, it's kind of like the least interesting thing because it's it's just all right, fine. They're, you're both going to be playing in the same ballpark. I've never been a ballpark dimension guy. I get a little frustrated sometimes when it's a joke ballpark, when there's a short fence like at Yankee Stadium. And I also get frustrated sometimes when there's home runs that should be home runs. Like yesterday, at, it's called Kaufman still, Oh, right? my, there was like four of them. There was yeah. like like any normal ballpark, I think that that score, it might, it might yeah. have been double-digit scoring that game yesterday anywhere well, other that, than Kaufman. That's it. It's like 3 nothing, and, and there was this whole stat about the Blue Jays not hitting home runs, and I'm, I'm going, well, they did start here. <laughs> They're playing the Royals in their stadium. What would this have been <laughs> if they played the Royals at the Rogers Center to start this season, how many more home runs the Jays would have? But, yeah, I really am curious to see – how effective the other stuff is because I know you are a baseball hardcore, so am I to a degree, but to a lesser extent. I, I use the ballpark as a real social venue. That's a place in the city that brings people together and where I get the chance to meet up with people that I don't see all the time. It's great. Like, it really is. You go to a ball game with your closest mm -hmm. friends, but your peripheral friends, it's a perfect, perfect, perfect spot, ideally, to just go grab a beer with someone that you haven't seen in a while. They go, hey, are you going to the Jays this weekend? And I'm there a lot, so I get to say, yes, I'm going to be there. But... It's usually been, hey, go hang out in the gloomy, uh, the the well, not tunnels. What do you call the area that is up the stairs? Uh, concourse. Concourse. Yeah, the concourse, the gloomy concourse, where there isn't much and there's a lot of lines and it's just not great and you can't see the ball game. I'm really curious to see how effective this stuff is. I, I I'm a little. I got. I've got my antennas up for this whole. You can just buy a ticket to be a wanderer around the stadium rather than just, like, have a seat in the 500s, because I kind of thought that was the deal of the 500 section already, and whether that ends up making it a little overpopulated. You can do that, too. Places. I was a little bit... Yeah. I, I I had... My head was scratched a little bit there, too, because, yeah, the 500-level uh, ticket, and I hope I'm not, like, blowing it all up for the Blue Jays here, but, yeah, I, I did yeah. check the pricing on the, the cheapest 500-level ticket, and it is slightly cheaper than $20. I, maybe the $20 go anywhere ticket is is for instances in which the Roger Center is sold out um so that mm. you can you can still get in if if there are no yeah. 500 level seats but no anybody with a a ticket a normal seat ticket is eligible to go to any of these social spaces so yeah. I and mean, if if there are 500 level seats available those that still works well it's weird because i the first game i'll go to is the 12th 
Um, assuming actually now, I'm thinking I won't be at that game if that's when the Raptors play in is because I won't want to have those conflicts. So great, yeah. thanks. I'll, I'll just never go to a Jays game. How about that? I'll just never go. Fine. <laughs> I'll just right. never go do yeah. the thing I like. No, uh, I mean, yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> when I eventually do go. When I get down to the ballpark, I can't wait to cruise around and check out every little nook and cranny of that place. But to me, it's like I I need to see that stuff not on the day that you're doing. You're right. The day that you're doing is way better for the ballpark dimensions uh, where you get to check that out and take a peek rather than the social stuff because there's no other people there. So to see how congested it gets, how fluid it is, yeah, how how it executes in person is going to be when they actually have – yeah, the staff working and the and the people congregating. So, but I, I just really, really, really hope it works out well because it has been to me the biggest sport sore spot of the Rogers Center for a very long time, which is you basically you're stuck to your seats, and if you get up, it's not a really enjoyable experience everywhere else. And I actually like the live music thing. I, I know that it no. seems weird, but I I love the idea that if you're at a crappy baseball game and you paid a ticket and the team is losing 10-1, that you don't feel like you just have to either sit there and continue to drink the overpriced beers and to get a, a feeling of your experience, that you can move around, you can mingle, you can get other experiences for your ticket price. So I'm actually kind of down with that. Yeah, and you know what? The, now that I'm thinking about it, and I mentioned the park, uh, the one social space that's supposed to be modeled after a, you know, a, a Toronto park experience, I'm thinking yeah. about my own kids and bringing them, bringing them to the ballpark and then they love to go they 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 organize they like because i have every blue jays game on at home right before they go to bed and and they hear dan talk about the promos for the bobbleheads they're like we're going to that game we we, yeah. we want to go see the vlad <laughs> gold gloves extended bobblehead yeah. we want that we want like 10 of them can we go to that game and can we go like three hours early and then when, once we get in and get our bobbleheads can we go home like can yeah. we can we can we tell you that we're already sick of this thing and can we go home uh, but i was gonna of say that, that they hate the bobblehead they get it they get it the experience of having it for that one moment elite and then 10 seconds later, they're like, what is this doesn't even do anything. So just here, Dad, can you hold it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. No, I have to hold it. I've, I've, I've been in situations where literally we're not even three outs into the baseball game, and my five-year-old is saying, all right, time to go home now? And I'm like, no. Yeah. With the, the, the bobblehead is only supposed to be like the precursor to the, yeah. to the baseball. That's why we're here. That's why Daddy – yeah, that's what Daddy paid the money for is for the baseball game. So, I, yeah, maybe there's like some sort of – I don't know. That that would make a ton of sense. If in the park social space there's areas for the kids to play on, like, park equipment, are there, like, swings and slides and stuff? That, that to me, sounds like something that would uh, be used, especially by me. So I'm, I'm interested to see if, if that is what's at the park one. See, I think what they should have is just, like, some kind of small minor giveaway at those things, those kids' areas. Because think about that. Like, you just... Because you're right. You can give your kid anything. Like, the bobblehead thing, it's irrelevant. It's just that they get a thing, right? Right. You're getting a thing. a thing. And, it, yeah. and it, it's a thing that you get, and they're stoked on that. So if you could just have an area of the ballpark where you could bring your kid, and they give them something essentially worthless but sell it, you know, like, look <laughs> yeah. at this. Like a sticker. Honestly, all yeah. my kid wants is a sticker, it's temporary true. tattoo, I don't know, a penny, whatever. Yeah. Yes. And as long as they, they're like, this penny is a special penny, your kids would be like, wow, so great. They'd remember that penny. They'd shut up for at least an inning, you know, about it. That's worth it to you. You keep bringing them to the spot. They should just have a, yeah, uh, a bin of trash that they hand to kids. Buddy, I, and we just had it. a. 
we we it's had a, a five-year-old. Yeah, it's a great idea. We just had a five-year-old's birthday party, and I I feel bad for anybody that actually spent any amount of money on a yeah. on a gift for for my five-year-old. No, the he listen, he's gonna give up and be bored with any toy within days anyways so like dollarama is the place to go for him he's absolutely just enthralled by yeah something um that is is disposable because it's all disposable to him anyways if you yeah. it doesn't matter if you spend 150 dollars on a remote control car that thing is getting about you know 20 minutes of use over its lifespan so <laughs> might as well just go to dollarama yeah no i again i think this is a really really good idea and i'm also basing it off of the faint memory i have of being a child of you would go to a birthday party and you would find out that there was a goodie bag at the end and you would be mm. so stoked that there was a goodie bag right like you would leave yeah. and they would hand you that little plastic bag and you yeah. or paper bag and you would go man oh man what a lucky day this is for me. And inside it would be what? Like a little piece of hubba bubba and, oh. you know, some... Like yeah, a, again, yeah, exactly. at the, the five-year-old birthday party, he was he hasn't played with his gifts. He's only He got a goodie bag from his own party, and that's yeah. all he wants to play with. There's like a sticky yeah. guy, you know, one of the guys yeah. that you throw at the wall and he sticks. That's all that's he wants what I'm to play saying. with. That's what I'm saying. If you could find a way that you could essentially... This is what the, they should be doing there. They should have a child area where you bring the kids and you pay an exorbitant amount of price for a goodie bag, but it shuts the kid up for a little while because you go like, look, here's a Rogers Center goodie bag, <laughs> and it has like a couple of things in it that keep the kid occupied during the baseball game. They profit. You're happier. The kid gets something. This is the best idea. I'm I, Like, Rogers Center, if you don't do this, you're kind of blowing it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I gave you this idea for free. It's okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to the actual baseball team. Um, nice start for Manoa. I saw a stat today that said he's only given up, like, one run to the Royals in, in, in an insane amount of innings. Royals are bad. Uh, yeah, the Royals are really bad. Uh, that's the fact that the Jays – it actually makes the Barrios experience even worse, I think. Yes. <laughs> no, seeing these guys over the two games where Kikuchi shuts them down, he goes five innings, he gives up only three hits in a walk, and then Manoa basically one-hits them through uh, a game, and you go – Buddy, yeah, we're yeah. not even through a week of the season. They've been shut out three times this season. They've, they've, yeah. That's, they're not good. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you shouldn't give up eight runs to them, even if they stack the lefties. There was a 1,000 lefties in the lineup yesterday, yeah. and Manoa obviously has pretty – severe splits not as severe as jose barrios but yeah, yeah. It, you know what it doesn't matter if the left-handed hitters stink which they do on the royals you should be able to get them out which he did yeah so I, that that's what i kind of want to bring up with you is that i, I wanted to run down your beliefometer, i guess in the new guys to start this season because obviously it's way too early it's always so funny when you give these takes because we say we always have to preface it like cowards like hey yeah we know it's too early but we have to talk about the baseball team and then you still get the commenters who are like really x amount of games of the season and you want to talk you go, yeah yeah okay there's just you can't even idiot proof it there's no point in even there's no point in even couching it anymore so i'm just going to do beliefometer on the new guys so far and i'm going to start with the just the for me, what is the positive, which is Dalton Varsho looks like more than advertised so far. Yep. I, I, I'm yep. trying not to put him into a place where I go, wait, is this who he is? Because, again, this might just be a hot streak, and the stuff against lefties has been just overwhelmingly positive so far. But, yeah, the defense, the base running, the intelligence, the speed, um, the bat, some of the power that he showcased now, I, like so far – I, I got to say my belief will meter. I'm going to do it on a grading system. I'm just going to say so far this looks like an A+. 
Yeah, no, the the whole package looks like an A plus, but I I do want to take like the certain aspects, uh, one like kind of in a micro way belief o meter because in an overall sense I believe in the player did when they consummated the trade. Even if he was like a league average offensive guy, we know he's an elite defender. We've already seen it multiple times in left field and then playing center field yesterday. We that that was. That was already acknowledged. That was like, yeah, there was a hundred, there was a hundred percent belief on my part in that aspect of his game, coming to Toronto from Arizona. What I'm not sure I believe one hundred percent, but like now my radar is up about the possibility. Like I, th- I think when we previewed this season, I mentioned his severe splits against lefties for his career, and specifically yeah, he's last under season, under seven hundred OPS against left-handed hit, uh, left-handed. Yeah, players. which okay, so I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not convinced because he's had a couple of good games and his at bats have looked good against lefties. But there is like an element of what I've seen, the the the. The plate appearances as a whole, the ability to drag bunt and how that's a weapon yeah. that when he uses it, he's basically perfect with it. What was it, like 15 to 16 over the last two years when he's successfully gotten a bunt down that he's been able to leg it out at first base? The, and also, you go back two years ago, and all these these splits are, are small samples because as a left-handed hitter, he wasn't getting a, a ton of opportunities against left-handed pitchers. But, yeah, two years ago, he was actually pretty good against lefties and and this guy only has one full season of major league experience like he last year was the first time he played what was close to uh, a full major league season like that is something i'm 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 open to the possibility of him not just being passable against left-handed pitchers but a guy that like is just a mainstay in the cleanup spot in this order against all comers righties lefties and and maybe you know being surrounded by better players I know the, the, all the studies about lineup construction and, and protection, it, there's limited uh, evidence that it actually improves a hitter's performance, but uh-huh. I don't know. He, th- this guy looks a little bit different offensively than the guy I, I expected to see. Yeah, the lineup construction debate actually drives me nuts where people, I know that over the large samples in the LX will tell you that it doesn't matter and lefty-righty or the, you know, the ability of the person behind you. I, I think What that does matter is, is having run, runners on, like what, yes. what it is. Is, is truly impactful is having runners on and then, yeah, a pitcher being stressed because he had to go seven pitches with Vlad right before you. Yeah, and it was actually even worse against lefties last year. Joe just put it in the doc. It was 553 OPS yep. against lefties last season. I thought it was a 600-something OPS. It was worse, 553. So I, I just, yeah, I, I was, I, I guess I was never really reluctant about Varsho as a player. I think that the price point for him and the timing of his acquisition was always something where I went, okay, well, was this always the plan to trade Moreno? Because it always felt like he really wanted to keep Moreno and move Jansen, and then you ended up having to trade the top prospect, and did you have to overpay for a guy that might be good, not great? And yeah, so far the indication is like, I just I just enjoy watching him play immensely. <laughs> every, every part of the VAR show experience to me has been great. Yeah. Other positive yeah. guy, but I feel like a two things can be true situation. I really enjoy watching Eric Swanson. I think he's very good. He gets the eighth inning yesterday, and I, he works beautifully. It was just a clinic, right? It was just that's where I felt the pitch clock and baseball moving around is just elite, right? Where Eric Swanson goes up against a crappy Royals team, and it was just like bang, bang, bang. This inning is over. Thanks for coming out. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed watching 45 seconds of Swanson. Um, but Teoscar Hernandez is also hitting uh, home runs in Seattle. Uh, he had a two-run yeah. uh, or two-home run game the other night. I still, for the life of me. 
can't understand how that was the value for a silver slugger. I understand the reasons behind them wanting to move off of Teoscar Hernandez, but I still believe deeply that if they were trying to win a World Series, removing him for a relief pitcher doesn't make a lot of sense and that they should have just spent the money. And that surrounding this team with all these hardcore baseball players, if he was out of the field with regularity anyways, having as bad as the DH, like think about how good you'd be feeling with Teoscar Hernandez as DH over, say, Brandon Bell. But either way, like, yeah, your Swanson impression right now is what? Yeah, no, I mean, I think first impressions for pitchers is maybe the most important um, because you get a chance. Agree. Um, every, every day as a, a position player, you get a chance every day to change the narrative, and it's bad for Brandon Belt right right now. But, yeah, he's he's going to see plenty of at-bats until perhaps Same he doesn't. Because, last for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going well for old Brandon Belt. No, he. I mean, you can see his stock already rising as far as deployment, right, as far as getting yeah. some opportunities to make – uh, to make some bigger appearances in in baseball games, and I know that's the thing. Maybe we text most about about this Blue Jays team in the off season is the Tay Oscar for Eric Swanson and the Canadian Adam Ako, who I don't know might be sure. nothing. Could could be something though. Uh, yeah, um, but it, it could be, and and that's fine. And it's it's funny because like Keith Law is extremely high on him, for example, right? He I think yeah. it was actually him or Kylie McDaniel that came on with me. I'm I'm confusing the two, but mentioned that he doesn't think that there's that much actually separating uh, Mako from hitting the type of prospect here as Ricky Tiedemann. Like he wow. he views them. Yeah, he he says that he could be one of those kind of guys if he's able to put it together. So, no, that that actually is a, a good lottery ticket they acquired. It's just, you're trying to win a World Series this year. This is supposed to be yeah. an all-in year. I don't I really just, care I, about the guy who might be something a year or two from now. No, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. And the point is valid. And I agree with you. Yeah. Like, you throw, just like in theory, on paper, you throw instead of Brandon Belt, and God love him, hopefully he turns it around. It's hard to look worse, you know, than, than he did. Finally, Oof. put the ball in play. Uh, after getting carved up by uh, Zach Greinke's 91 yesterday. But uh, if you just threw Teoscar Hernandez in the DH slot yeah. for this team, doesn't that look amazing? But you've also got a guy who's headed towards free agency. I mean, the, the off-field stuff, I can't speak with 100% certainty, right, like how it impacts it. But clearly there were two guys that you looked at as maybe the leaders of the, the Homer Jacket Brigade. And it was funny to see Vlad with the pantomime Homer Jacket yesterday. Uh, he's the only guy holding on to that thing. There's some weirdness going on there. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, be, that beyond that, weird. like uh, beyond that, like so, Teo, you're telling him going into his big payday season, hey, you're a full-time DH, and you're telling the world that that he's a horrible, horrible defender, and that you wouldn't, for the life of you, put him in even a corner outfield spot because he cost you so many runs out there. I just, I, I, I think that was part of it. Um, mm. Certainly, there was a there was a Benny, moment where you give him his we... twenty million dollars, and you say, "Yeah, don't worry about it. You're going to do this one year. You're going to walk." Like, what what was he going to prove to the world that he wasn't a horrible defender? Like, actually, if anything, it probably would have been good for him because he buys into it. I I don't I don't buy that narrative at all with Tail. I just think it was a miss. I think it was a miscalculation by them to grab Swanson and to do that that early. Oh, and it was a, they, they saved. They wanted to save money, and then yeah. maybe there was some some like culture stuff that they they wanted to move on. No, off of. I get the culture stuff, but here's what drives me the most nuts about it: is they talked about the saving of the money and the reallocation of the dollars, mm -hmm. and then this is the thing with Brandon Belt: he's not some lottery ticket that cost them a couple million bucks, right? He costs yeah. $9.3 million this year. Like, mm -hmm. half of Teoscar Hernandez, what he would have needed to be a Blue Jay. Like, 
uh, it's just it's really really hard for me to watch Brandon Belt right now and think that he's even going to be able to do a Teoscar Hernandez impression and going all the way back to yeah 2021 when he was amazing and 2022 when or sorry 2020 when he was great too in in those uh, in those two seasons I just yeah, let's just move into the Brandon Belt stuff because, yeah, I don't think we have a ton on Swanson, but he's looked good. Like, he's looked good. And Kiermaier, yeah. Kiermaier I'm leaving out because he's exactly what I expected him to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have – Winning baseball player. Yeah, winning baseball player. Uh, don't love it when he comes up in a big spot uh, with runners on and feel like he can poke one. But when he does get on, good base runner, and he's tracking balls in the outfield, Bassett, that's a write-off game. We'll see what happens over the next one. But the Belt stuff is like – yeah. Okay. Fine. He would probably he would say, guys, it's 17 plate appearances. Just let me get used mm-hmm. to the season. And I would go, yeah, for sure. But you have one hit. <laughs> you have one. <laughs> you have one hit. You can understand yeah, how. <laughs> yeah, you can understand how I might be a little concerned that you're supposed to be a really important bat for this team, and you have you know the one hit, and it's the Royals. And, no, it's yeah. beyond that. It's beyond that. It's having the highest swing and miss rate of yeah. of <laughs> the entire Blue Jays uh, position players. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's swinging and missing like fifty percent of the time. He swings the bat. He just comes up with air. Now, yeah. I, I, I this is a guy who's thirty five. Is coming off knee surgery, so. Yeah, your antenna is right to be up. I mean, he did say he felt 100% healthy. He felt great. No excuses. No excuses, he said. Better not be. Dude, the second you hear an excuse from him, it is lights out. It's over. Like, if he says something like, oh, well, actually, the knee flared up a bit. It's it's like, oh, he knows. Then he's Mm -hmm. he's sending out to the world like it's a breaking news. Running back career over. It's done. No, the best. I mean, if you want to put your mind in a place that this could get better, which you should, that's it's good to be optimistic. Yes, it absolutely that. has to get better than uh, OPS plus of negative eleven. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. should say. No, so he he basically didn't appear in spring training games, right, until the end of yeah. spring training, and then like sparingly, and he's like, "No, that's what I do," and maybe that's what he did when he wasn't coming off knee surgery, didn't miss like basically a couple of months of the the season with the Giants last season, and that maybe we're gonna see for the month of April here an ex extended spring training for for Brandon Belt that it's going to take him a while to get his his legs under him because he had mm. such a bizarre nothing grapefruit league and that you know the real Brandon Belt will show up in May. I'm not saying for sure that's going to happen. I've seen enough mm. early plate appearances and at least he's getting deep in counts, but boy that the the second strikeout yesterday, yeah, but I saw he's getting a guy that the Kevin Biggio deep in counts. Like that's no, the that's thing. It. He's, no, he, he was desperate to take a walk yesterday. You could tell yeah. he's like, please, please, please call yeah. ball four, please. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. The three-one yeah. pitch. Yeah, he's like, no, no, come on, it's got to be ball four, right? No, oh Dude. man, bummer. Yeah. So I, that's it. I love walks. I don't like passivity, yeah. and and so far we've seen yeah passivity in in plate appearances from Brandon Belt. No, dude, I, I literally, that at-bat you're talking about yesterday, I pictured Kevin Biggio watching it from the dugout going, I could be the DH. <laughs> I, I'm the DH. That's my. That's what I do. That's my move. This guy's copying me. He's just, he stole no all my moves. That's my move uh, that I do. Swing and miss drastically and then pray for walks. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, I, I won't put the concernometer high here, but yeah, my first impressions of Belt are very much like, oh, this guy feels like he's going to go the way of uh, the Travis Shaws of the world, where I go, yeah, it was nice in theory, or the Kendris Morales of the world. Nice in theory, but um, not sure if uh, the At least the commitment, while the dollar amount is, is, yeah, as you pointed out, not insignificant, it's a one-year deal. So truly, yeah, deal. If, if he is not helping you by June, you can wave goodbye to Brandon Belt. Yeah. But he, you got to no. give him a, a, a runway. Yes, yes, yes. No, dude, of course. Well, first of all, you have to give him a runway because this is the, the problem I have with him. If Brandon Belt was going to be a bench bat, someone that was going to come in to pinch hit, that would have been awesome. But the fact that he had to be there as like the actual essentially almost everyday DH for a team that you wanted to cycle in Springer there a little bit more, it just, yeah. If he was going to be an everyday DH, to me, you go, well, wouldn't it have been easier to just make Lourdes Gurriel Jr. that or... Teoscar Hernandez more specifically that and, and figure out the rest and then sign him as someone who could step in there day to day. I, I don't know. I just that that's still the part of the puzzle to me that just doesn't fit. When we talk about this Jays team fitting and everything being better about this year, that's the piece that I will continue to kind of hammer home on that I, I just boy, especially since they traded Teoscar Hernandez to an American League team that's basically in the same ish echelon as the expectation is them this year. It just feels Yeah, except spooky. had an uh, even worse start uh, the Mariners have than the Blue Yeah, the Mariners Jets. have yeah. had a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful start, but he has not been a part of that. Anyways, no, the point is break. a good one. Hey, you just yeah. add Teoscar Hernandez to this team and I guess subtract Eric Swanson, which is not insignificant, right? Because Eric Swanson's no. a good reliever and we knew he would be a good reliever. was a good reliever last year for the Mariners. Yeah. But yeah, is this team better with Teoscar Hernandez in the lineup and no Eric Swanson in the bullpen and no Brandon Belt, I think the answer is pretty clearly yes. So it had to go. Yeah. It's either just purely a money thing or the, the culture thing means more to this this team than, than we give it credit for. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, it does bother me a little bit sometimes. Like, Teo was one of the sterling stories of this organization for years. He was always the yeah. guy they went to and said, look at how hard this guy worked to become a major leaguer. Look how hard he worked to become a major leaguer. And then he leaves, and then all of a sudden there's just like these pockets that start whispering, oh, the culture of Teoscar Hernandez. And I'm like, eh, this doesn't sit well with me. I got to tell you, like, I, I, I there was no Teoscar as a problem stuff. Like, we always knew his defense was annoying and there was some attention to detail stuff, but he was never someone who made a mistake in the outfield and then was, like, grinning ear to ear and was like, oh, this is cool. He would wear it. Like, you would see it on him when he would make mistakes. Like, he would feel awful, whether that was in post games or that was, that was like on the field itself. I, I think that dude cared deeply about winning. I think he was an attention to detail guy. I don't think that you go from where he was in his career to where he ended up being. I, I think that they just, he he was different. Uh, and, and I don't, yeah, I just don't feel as comfortable doing the culture stuff or kind of propagating that when all of the evidence was to the contrary that we had up until the moment he wasn't a Blue Jay. Like, that's just, I, I, I'm no, the culture stuff is no Well, nobody has the straight goods on that, right? Like, and there was yeah. even this report, I remember, about him being secretly benched at times last season. Yeah. Like, nobody has been upfront with exactly what the... Because you're right. It's not just, oh, he's a bad defender, and that's a culture thing. And, you know, at times it looked like maybe it was an effort thing in the outfield, which I, th I think, by and large, it wasn't an effort thing. It was just a an ability thing. Yeah, he was horrific but... at reading the ball. Like, he mm -hmm. was really bad at it. And he doesn't have a good arm out there, too. Like, he has a strong arm, but not an accurate one. Yeah, so I, I don't... 
that it it must be something, or I, I shouldn't say it must be, because maybe it's yeah. not. Maybe it was just yeah, purely say, a money thing. Don't say must be. Yeah. No, it, maybe it was just purely a money thing, and and maybe the Blue Jays were open to spending more on a, an outfielder, or maybe it was just purely to to clear up the money to go after Kevin Kiermeyer. And there was a, despite the fact that they're into the luxury tax, they didn't want to go in any further than they had to. That maybe it was just a pure money thing. My my belief will always be that they were really really hot for Nimmo, and they wanted yeah. to make sure they could make that happen. They needed to clear the money, and they kind of moved a little prematurely and thought we'll be able to make something else work with the outfield just fine. And they did right because they made the Varsho trade, and he's kind of a, been a stud for them. But that it was a bit of a miscalculation on their part. And then all of a sudden they make the Varsho trade and they had to throw in Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And they went, damn, now we are kind of short a bat here. Let's sign Brandon Belt. He's at least got the upside, but he's another lefty. This feels like mm, not the greatest thing, but he's the best bat available. And, and that's the way it sort of shook out was that it was a plan C, not a plan A. That Nimmo was always the guy. And that, yeah, it Boy. just it, it shocked them that he ended up going for what was an insane amount I, of money that everyone I agreed was going to say. Not... If, no, if I didn't. Nimmo want him was on the that. It, no. If no, I was going to say if Nimmo was the plan, and you thought that you could you could sign him to a dollar amount that made sense for you, then you totally misread the market and and uh, Uncle Steve's ability to just blow everybody out of the water yeah. for players that he wants. Um, yeah, I, but I think there was a little part of that. I do. Like, I think that with all the other free agents that were out there, that maybe they thought Nimmo was going to go a little bit over. He was obviously going to go over value, but not to that degree. Anyways, let's take a quick break. I want to get a quick thought on something that you and I have discussed for a very, very long time on the Masters and on golf in general that is actually coming to fruition. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't mention that my Orlando Magic bet hit. I didn't forgot to say that yesterday. We do have a future bet now, so yesterday's bet doesn't count. But I have two bets on tonight's Blue Jays game that I really love. So, yeah, quick break. We'll be back. More Good Hour with Ben Ennis. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so right back into it. Ben Ennis. At Sportsnet Ben, if you want to follow him on Twitter or Instagram. At JD Bunkus, if you want to follow me. So, Benny, uh, a conversation you and I had a million times in a different way was... Can golf ever move past Tiger Woods, right? Like, how much did golf need Tiger Woods? Blah, blah, blah. This has been the first time at a major where Tiger Woods has been involved, and I haven't felt like the game needs him. Uh, You can tell me if you don't feel that way, but my take is essentially this, that he's there, and everything he does is gravy. Obviously, nothing would be bigger for golf still than if he was able to be there on Sunday, right? Like, that is their ideal dream. They don't want, uh, say, Rory to be a champion of this over Tiger Woods in terms of bringing in the casual viewer, but that the expectations have finally kind of settled into, I think, a pretty reasonable place with Tiger Woods. He's not dominating the narrative of the tournament. And, yeah, golf looks like it's in a pretty good place from a narrative standpoint from selling its next generation of players. But I think that the reason why golf doesn't need Tiger Woods is because golf has live. And this idea that the live players now versus the PGA has taken over a stronger part of the discourse that being said you have Rory McIlroy who pulled the cowardly move of actually those guys are just fine and I actually love hanging out with them uh the day before the master started which was just beyond brutal of him to do but whatever um that's just one man's opinion um so the game does it maybe it doesn't need Tiger anymore but 
does it need live to be an adversary? If if it wants to get to the place that you want it to go, and obviously, like this is the one tournament that never tries to promote itself. Like famously, yeah. could <laughs> make hundreds of millions of dollars more if it opened up the media rights, but they want to control their own broadcast. So yeah. they have like four sponsors, and they get like no commercial time, and they tell yeah. CBS, "Here's who's doing the broadcast. Here's how we're doing yeah. it." So do they care about marketing the game? Nah, no. they, they, no, they charge don't. one dollar for beers. Like the no. So this is. This is a a, a a a a weird event to like have this conversation about, but yeah, if you if you if, you, if the powers that be, like if Jay right. Monahan really wanted to market this game to the best of its ability, um, he would play up the rivalry stuff. You know, this I, I was thinking about what this feels like, right? The live guys and the PGA Tour guys coming together in this massive event, uh, and it feels kind of like baseball used to in the world series where you would never see the national league team if you were a fan of an american league team until you got to the world series and then there was this this unknown element of it except like it's it's that except if you know you went to you like did interleague uh baseball for a hundred years and then stopped doing interleague baseball for 20 and then started doing the world series where these guys hadn't seen each other for forever so i'm i'm really excited to see just how on top of their game these guys who have been playing basically joke tournaments for the better part of a year look um but yeah if you if you really did care about appealing to casuals or storylines or the netflix series you would play it up it's just not it was never going to happen at the masters right there was never going to be a food fight at the champions dinner there was never going to be rory throwing a tee at, at patrick reed on the green at augusta national no, that's honestly the all of what you said is perfect. That was very, very good. I love the NL AL comparison. And you're right that this tournament it just it was never going to be this way. It would be actually so great and would show you the power of the Masters if at the very next one Rory was like, Oh, I was just kidding about what I said about <laughs> well, I don't know why he was Australian there. Was like, was like, <laughs> Every accent like, is Australian uh, to you. I hate those guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> like No nah, man, like, Rory yeah. r- r- like I enjoyed the the F Phil stuff from the Netflix yeah. thing and yeah, it was great. And and Rory though has walked it back a little bit because he's no, I know, obviously I hate it. like he's not he, be, but right so honestly no, and did, so, did we all wring our hands a little too much uh, about the live thing at the outset sure i mean mm-hmm. is it ugly of course but yeah the the ugliness around sports that we don't talk about yeah we just watched the world cup in qatar but so. i'm not even talking about that part of it man like i don't care about that like i yeah. i no but i just don't like that, that this guy genuinely was talking about how important the pga's history was and the legacy of yeah. the pga well but then and, you know, they went in the and created these designated events that are huge purses yes. and they're, they're gonna probably blow up some some cuts as well right like yes they're gonna have no, tournaments no, no. that yeah so so dude, he was it. wrong I'm, I'm saying I get it, and then but what drives me nuts is where he's at that podium and he's going, it's just great to have all the best players in the world back together again. It's like, yeah, that was the whole point of essentially why you were mad, and now right. you found a way to have this middle ground. I just I, I hate the fence sitting by the guy that was supposed to kind of take the reins and be the face of golf and the face of just, yeah, the, the narrative that these two sides really cared and competed against each other, that it felt a little bit more like a team rather than an individual sport. So I'm disappointed in Rory. I won't change that. But yes, I would say I hate also that the only way for me to get actually, because I can do the Irish accent or at least some a character version of it, but the only way for me to get into that mindset is to start with tear to tear to tear. That's like my way of hitting the note, you know? Some people, yeah. when they do their singing voice, they have ways to warm up. When I do my accents, I have little pockets that I have to do to start mm-hmm. it, and that's that's the one for me. Tear to tear to tear. Oh, I'm Rory McIlroy. 
Yeah, I know. And it's like, <laughs> is it though? Like, I don't think. I have no, no idea. Irish people are good sports. <laughs> they don't really care. They just hate it when you think that you're better at it than you are. You know. Oh. You know. But they also have the best sayings. They say stuff like, "What's the crack?" And what's the crack? Like, as in, like, what's happening? I love that so Not much. It's such a good one. one. What's the crack? And it's like, yes. I know. You don't know. You don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I wish it was a little spicier. I think they need Liv to continue in order to really feel like some of these guys are on a different level, which is, yes, more into the casuals. But that's me. I'm a casual fan, and I watch uh, the majors. And so I understand for the hardcores where they go, yeah, no, no, we don't need you. We don't really care because it's our thing. It's like, fine. But for my side of the aisle, we need this stuff. Uh, ben Ennis, go enjoy your guessing free lunch at the stop uh yeah and all the other there is a lunch it said on the on the yeah. media release that there's a lunch <laughs> like that You're much i know for sure like figure where you'll walk around guaranteed yeah. pointing at that thing if you don't see yeah. food immediately uh, like exactly. this says lunch 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 no and then if they offer no. you some finger food you're gonna be like a finger food is not a lunch you're right out of lunch. Seinfeld soup yeah. oh buddy <laughs> actually soup is a lunch but yeah it's not yeah. a meal but it is yeah. it's probably a lunch no I'll, i yeah. i hopefully i get to see i get to sample some of the the food that is being served at each of the social spaces but yeah. here's my guess is that it's like some stale sandwiches but uh, yeah. we'll see I'll uh, report no, back. Uh, I think it'll be better than that alright, uh, Ben Ennis, listen to him later today he'll give you his full review of uh, those you, things buddy. on Fandrive, see you pal uh, there he goes, uh, it is now time for Best Bets brought to you by Botano the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year I crushed it yesterday on Botano I won all the money back that I gave them the day before on my horrific March Madness finals pick. And, uh, yeah, believing in Jose Barrios. Um, or a couple of days ago, actually, I rather should say. But either way, yesterday nailed it in terms of under. Uh, nailed it in terms of making sure that it was betting the Blue Jays. I think I might put a sprinkle on the Jays again tonight, even though it's minus 200. I just have – if Kevin Gossman loses to this Royals team and Jordan Lyles is on the mound to pose him, then, yes, the curse is very real that I'm talking about. I, I think minus 200 is actually not that bad of a price, all things considering, like watching this Royals team that, yeah, Benny mentioned has been shut out three times. So there's a couple of bets from this game that I really like, and both are long shot-ish. So, obviously, the Jays are going to bat first, and that's why the number is this way. But Jordan Lyles is not a big K per nine guy, and Kevin Gossman obviously really is. Lyles is sort of a whatever pitcher, kind of a junk baller, and he's out here tonight. If you want to bet first strikeout of this game, Kevin Gossman is plus 177. I think that's pretty decent. So I'm going to lock that one in. I also was pointed out by Chris Black on Twitter that Matt Chapman has five career home runs off Jordan Lyles. He, to have a home run today is plus 450 on Botano. So today a little more long shotty, but a couple more long shots on the Jays. So Matt Chapman to hit a home run, plus 450, and Kevin Gossman to record the first strikeout, plus 177. Those are your Botano best bets, brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Subscribe and review. I'll see you tomorrow after Leafs Bruins.